Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome, listeners, to the Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode where today I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Nick Hyam again, and Nick and I will be talking uh, around living the life that you are. It's part of our special mini-series. We spoke a little bit off air, Nick, didn't we, about living in the moment. What does that really mean? So we're always in this society, it seems, rushing about. We're always juggling we're always panicking, there's always somewhere to be, something to do. We sort of seem to be internally propelled to strive for bigger, better, faster. And the consequence of that is that we feel anxious, we feel lost, we feel torn inside by competing demands. We're juggling all of this stuff we have to attend to in life. And we don't feel grounded. We don't feel rooted within ourselves, within earth. We're in a daze. And within that daze, we miss our life. We miss the beautiful vitality of living, of our very aliveness. And so we feel ungrounded, without roots, and at odds with a very busy and chaotic world. What are the first practical steps then, Nick, we can take to, you know, to start leaving that, uh, leaving that pain and that suffering behind and, and becoming actually living the life that we, that we are? Mm. Awareness is the first step. Okay. Let's just have a, a sit back on whatever we're sitting on just and uh, take a, a few deep breaths. Notice the in and out flow of breath. And just notice how your feet are positioned, maybe against the floor, and how the floor is supporting the feet. Just checking into that stability of being grounded. And how your body is resting against the chair. How your body meets the surface of the chair whatever you're sitting on. And from this place of rest and groundedness, 
just move your awareness to what's going on in the realm of thought. Just be curious about what sorts of thoughts are happening right now. Are the thoughts about what's being heard, what's being listened to? Are the thoughts about how comfortable you are or not? Are the thoughts about the future? Is there a, an anticipation? restlessness? Is there a busy mind? Is there a grasping mind? Is there a desiring mind? Is the mind pulling you towards the future? Or is the mind ruminating about the past? Is it a dull mind? Is it a heavy mind? Is the mind recalling memories? Is there a sense of regret? Is there a sense of having not done something correctly? And now just bring your attention back to the breath. The breath is always going on throughout that thinking, whether your thinking was about the future or the past, breath was going on beneath that mind activity. And also the stability of the chair and the ground was freely given as a foundation for all of what's occurring in the body and mind. And the body and the breath is always in the now. The body is always rooted in the moment. Whereas thought seems to take you into the future, seems to take you into the past. And even when you think about the present, by the time you thought about it, it becomes the past. So you can't really think about the present moment. You can't really think about the now. You can only be the now, 
be watchful of the mind's activity, the mind's push and pull, the mind's time traveling, which is completely illusory. The mind can't really time travel. And so you never really leave the moment. So just resting in this timeless moment with the support of breath and groundedness. You may notice even thoughts arising. Notice the quality of those thoughts. Really, that's the first step. That's, that's what I mean by awareness. What is the quality of those thoughts? Are the thoughts about the future, the past? Are they pushing, pulling? Are they ruminating? Are they anticipating? And from a place of stability, which is the moment, we can witness the now. And the now is not even about time. Time is thoughts-based. Time is future and past. Time is conceptual. The now is not conceptual. The now is timeless. The now is perpetual. The now is the life that you are minus the stories about the future and the past. And it even includes the stories about the future and the past because this, the stories of the future and the past arise in you. They're just expressions of you. Okay. So if you, if you did do that little meditation, feel free to open your eyes and reorientate yourself and just continue to listen and we've used the phrase self-inquiry quite a lot in these podcasts so let's just do a little inquiry where was the where was the mind mostly was it mostly orientated around the future was it mostly being pulled into the past into memory and just check into what was going on just for a few moments. And just notice the quality of your own being right now, shining awareness onto the mind. Did that reveal a sense of ease, of peace, of stillness? And even the mind didn't have to change. Nothing had to change except your attention and using your attention to direct awareness. The now is all a matter of focus. Is the focus on an imagined future or a remembered past? Or is the focus on this moment 
which is timeless, where there's peace and equanimity. I was just reflecting, that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm almost translide with that. Thanks for that, Nick. Im immense. Thank you. Time is um, fabrications and illusions of the mind, isn't it? It's why I never wear a watch, for example. But It's, it's a little bit like money, in a way. That's, that's the way we perceive it. Mm. Time is also an exchange of energy. You know, we go to work for a set amount of time and we, we give our energy to work so we can get a certain amount of energy in response to that work. There is a sense that we don't have enough time. This, this lack of time plays a big part in our losing touch with the now. It's this sense of lack. There's never enough time. There's not enough moments or there's not enough hours in the day. That's our sense. I don't have time. It's true actually true you don't have time time is not something you can hold and put into a box and use that's an illusion what you always have is this moment which can never run out then the now can never be lacking you can't own time basing your life on time is going to make you feel anxious it's going to make you feel like you're always racing towards something because the clock is ticking. What are clocks? They're just little machines that move and point to numbers. And we base so much of our life on the clock, of course. In this human paradigm, we use the clock. We use money. We use things. Do we ever come back to the moment? It's all right to use the clock. It's all right to use time. But realize that actually time is not a force that is against you this moment is an abundance the moment is actually beyond time it's not related to the ticking of the clock the ticking of the clock is just a, a mechanism but beneath all of that is this perpetual now time is just a measurement isn't it it's a measurement it's how we quantify and chop up life into manageable bite-sized chunks <laughs> So we get our share, apparently, of time, of these chunks of, of life through our eyes of, of lack, which we seem to have in a society. We see not enough time, not enough chunks of life. So put it this way, we can't be in the now through time. You can't use the clock or you can't use your chunks of life to be in the now, to find that peace, to find that stability and equanimity. You can't be in the now it's true to say that you are the now. And I know that sounds really abstract, but let's go back to that, that meditation. You were sitting. There was that stability. There was that restfulness. There was that breathing. And there was watching of the thoughts about the future and the past, pulling and pushing. And what was the permanent state which was beneath all of that coming and going of thought, all of that storytelling. It was your, your groundedness, your, your, your stability, your breathing. That sense of stability and that breathing is a signpost to the now, to the life that you are. It's awareness. See, a signpost points to something down the road. And that, again, is a very subtle illusion. 
this signpost is not pointing down the road because that down the road would, would require time. I'm not pointing to the now down the, down the road. I'm pointing to the now that is here, that is always here. So signpost pointing to this, this right here. This right here actually never changes. The story is about this right here change. It's like we used the metaphor of a stage before. This stage is the now. It's permanent. It's always here. You never leave it. You are it. And on that stage, all sorts of um, scenes, props, actors, soundtracks, lighting, and all the rest of this whole amazing play is performed. But the stage always stays the same. That stage is the now. It is this moment. But this moment, again, is not time-based. The now is not time-based. The now is not um, a point within the clock. There's not a label on the clock that says now. It's just lots of numbers. Now is prior to time. Now is the foundation on which time ticks. So you can't be in the now. You are the now. You are that space. You are that capacity of nowness, of presence, of being, which then gives animation and life to, to the appearance of the play. And that play can be time-based. It can be about the future and the past. You know, you think about a theatre performance, there's the narrative is often about the future and the past. We can't talk about the now because as I said in the meditation, as soon as we talk about the now, we've missed the now because we've, we've covered it over by, with thoughts, with a story which we've overlaid. So we, we can try to describe this, this moment but when, and how we do that is we, we, that we label what's around us. I'm not talking about the moment, I'm talking about the props. I'm talking about the scenery. You can't talk about the now. You can only describe the now. So the now is, this, it seems to be this really elusive thing. Like, where is it? It's like sand in your hands, which just slips away as you try to grasp it. You can't describe the now. And this is why it's, it's, it can be so kind of frustrating when you come across this idea of the power of the now and it's like, oh, I want that power. But all you have to do, you, which would be watchful, to be relaxed and to be restful, the breath is a good, a good way, it's a good anchor, um, a good metronome, you could say. Put awareness on to what the mind's doing. The mind doesn't have to stop doing what it's doing. All you have to do is use your attention and your awareness and put that onto the mind and just notice what it's doing. It's invariably uh, thinking about the future and the past. Why does it do that? It does that because there's a lot of fear combined with our sense of lack. The mind is used to create the future. You could say that egoic mind is used because it's, it's combined with a sense of me, our identity, to create a sense of a false stability. And it's used to go into the past to then bring memories to have a sense of continuity. And then the sense of self feels stable and lasting. This perpetual sort of like 
panicking about what's next, what's next. I must, I must do this, I must do that. We lose our centeredness. We lose our stability, our, our peace of the moment, which is, again, always here. But we lose, we lose sight of it. As I was listening to you there, Nick, around the clocks and watches thing, because obviously, you know, in everyday life, clocks and watches in the concept of time are, are practical um, instruments for, mm. you know, that, um, that we all seem to, or most seem to live uh, lives by. And so I just wrote a few words down, and this is just, I mean, there's, there's no kind of sense or significance massively in this. But I wrote down two words. They clocks and watches are nothing more than moment mirrors. Mm. And as I listen to you use kind of reinforce that message or my understanding of that message, Nick, it's interesting that you use four other words. And this is this is real trivia. I mean, this is kind of but they all begin with M. So moment <laughs> mechanism or metronome or machine or <laughs> measurement just mm -hmm. ironic that they all begin with them but that's kind of by the by but my point is the clocks and watches surely are just nothing more than moment mirrors mechanisms metronomes machines measure they're just things aren't they they're just things. yeah i love the poetry in that yeah and yet we center our life we we arrange our lives around this and I can't say it the same as you just said it because I haven't got it written down in front of me. But, you know, we, we arrange our lives around that mechanism. Being kind of governed by time and, and using time as a tool in this relative human life are, are completely two different things. And we've lost sight of that natural response to life. So I use the idea of a SAD clock because... It doesn't make any sound, but it wakes you up gradually over half an hour. Your room gets brighter and brighter, and it replicates this um, sunrise, which our ancestors woke up with. And so you wake up not in a foggy, tired state, but in a refreshed way. We're so governed by the clock and by notifications and, and by all of that, but it adds to our anxiety and our restlessness. And that then seems to take us away from the moment, this ongoing presence. Whether it's a moment, mirror, mechanism, metronome, uh, machine, measurement, we become a, a martyr to that, don't we? Mm. We become a martyr. So there's a, you know, just as a bit of fun and a bit of trivia, there's a, there's a, the two M's now becomes three. Um, and on that very, very timely and appropriate note, Nick, thank you so much for sharing. It's been, uh, I think the best, um, the best compliment I, uh, from a personal perspective I can offer is it's been very, very, very simple. Mm. And for me, simple, for me personally, and certainly mm. the work I'm doing and, and the language generally, and certainly in the specifics of what we're talking about. I hope you'd agree, Nick, that simplicity is best. So how can people reach out to you, Nick, get in touch with you, find out more about you? What's your contact detail? Yeah. If you just put into Google Nisaga Yoga, uh, you'll find my social media accounts, or you can just go to my website. So it's N-I-S-A-R-G-A yoga.com. Excellent. Thank you, Nick. And... Um, 
so there we are there we have it listeners um i sincerely hope that that's been uh, as a bare minimum useful um you know nick shared his details there please reach out to him reach out to me you know we are here to serve uh, we are here to help genuinely from a place of compassion and love so here we are and so that all that remains now is to sign off the way invariably i do by saying remember no matter what you do in life always walk your path with heart hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success <laughs>